Every company has breakdowns in their revenue process. Sure thing deals slip into next quarter, competitors creep in and swipe deals away at the last minute, and deals getting single threaded that don't get to power. These are just a few examples of revenue leak, but there are a ton more, and they're preventing your team from reaching their sales targets. That's why I'm such a big fan of Clary's revenue platform. It's the only tool that actually helps leaders take control of their revenue and thrive through any market conditions, especially when things get tough. You can't afford to miss a single detail, but you also can't be leading by gut. Clary combines the science and the art of sales and sales leadership. So go to Clary.com if you want to answer the most important question in your business. Are you going to meet, beat, or miss on revenue? Welcome to the Live Better, Sell Better podcast with your host, Kevin Dorsey of Inside Sales Excellence, the number one Patreon group and YouTube channel for tech sellers and tech sales leaders, where we dive in deep for tactical advice on how to book more meetings, close more deals faster, and lead sales teams to success. But we don't stop there. We also focus on the person in salesperson. We talk about mindset, goals, time management, and so much more. So thank you for listening. And if you're interested, head on over to patreon.com slash inside sales excellence. Now with that, grab a notepad, get ready, and let's dive into the good stuff. Let's say you just took a new job as a VP of sales or as a sales rep at a company in the last 12 to 18 months. Uh, you got your equity off of the last valuation. So again, let's say the last valuation of your company is 50 on 500 million. You got, you know, of that, on that 500 million, you were given some percentage of that company. If you're a rep, likely a very small percentage. If you're a leader, maybe like a little bit more, but probably still not a ton because salespeople get screwed when it comes to equity all the time. Regardless. Um, so, uh, but now your company isn't worth 500 million. It's only worth 50 million. So your equity just became worthless. It's, it's not even that it's like worth nine. It's, it's not that it's worth 90% less. It's, it's literally worth zero. And it will be worth zero until your company's worth 500 million again, at which point it will be worth flat. It'll be worth nothing, right? For it to be worth something at the value, you should got to ask me 500 million. Well, 95% of companies are never going to get to 500 million. Most companies are just going to die or get acquired or have to make massive cuts so that you won't be there. So now for 95% of, of people who are working at a company, your equity is worthless and it will never be worth anything at the company you're at. Which is why many companies are issuing additional equity grants to their companies, right? Like, so their employees. You're seeing this happen really proactively and it's going to happen reactively in other cases. They're going to give you more equity at today's prices in order to make sure that you have some equity that could potentially be worth something. I'll promise you that a lot of companies won't do this because they know that their reps and their leaders don't know it. So that's why I'm telling you. I'm telling you your equity is worthless not to be a dick. I'm telling you your equity is worthless because you need to go talk to your CEO and your CFO and say, I know my equity is worth nothing today. I know that we're not going to touch this valuation for years. And so I'm basically working for nothing right now. I'm just working for my salary. My equity is literally worthless right now. So I need equity at today's valuation if you want me to stay. 
That's the sort of conversation you should be having. Now you might be thinking, well, whoa, you know, the economy is really bad and, and like, you know, we're, we're in trouble. And, and, and so like, I don't want to rock the boat, right? I don't want to be the person who's demanding things at a time at which things are, are not going well. Good call. I think that's a really smart piece of feedback. If you're not doing well at your world, if you're not hitting quota, if you're not performing well, if you know that you're kind of on the fence, no, I wouldn't go out and make this request today. But if you're doing well, if you're one of the top 10, 20% at your company, which hopefully many of you who are listening to this are because the people who tend to do well are the types of people that listen to podcasts like this. If you're one of those people, then guess what? Go ask for it right now. Because the last thing your company wants to do is lose you too, right? They're in trouble. Every company is in trouble right now. Nobody wants to lose their best talent. And CEOs and CFOs will overpay today to keep you if you're educated, informed of what's happening in the market. So my purpose in telling you this is not to be a dick or to scare you or to, or to be uh, negative. It's to give you the information and power that you need in order to set yourselves up for success. Because as I said before, salespeople and sales leaders get screwed all the time during stuff like this. It wasn't your fault that your CEO raised at 100 times revenue. Was it your fault that your company decided to take on all of this ridiculous funding without having their CAC and their growth economics and their ARPU and their retention and their and and all of their stat and their channels all optimized to be able to support this growth. That was not your fault. But your company decided to do it and now you're here. This is your opportunity to take care of yourself because ain't no one else going to take care of you. So a lot of the questions that so let's start with how do you evaluate an employer in a down market? It all comes down to profitability. It comes down to whether your company is turning a profit or not. Any company that's turning a profit is completely fine. I mean, completely fine is maybe too glib, but you're, you're still fine. You control your own destiny. If you make more money than you, than you spend, your company's going to be fine. For 99% of startups, that's not true. You spend more than you, than you make. So then it becomes how much more are you spending than what you're making? Right. So in some cases, I know companies like, you know, famous examples were fast and bolt and you saw some of these high profile ones that were out there. And you're going to see a lot more of this. I know a lot of companies. I know a lot of friends of mine who are CEOs who've raised really large rounds of funding on the backs of very, very, very small dollars of revenue and then started spending way more money while the revenue didn't actually increase in, in conjunction. So it's simple math. How much do you spend every month? How much money do you make every month? What is the delta between those two things? And then how much money do you have in the bank? That's all you need to know. Those are three numbers. Look at, get those three numbers. How much do you spend per month? How much do you make per month? And, and how much money is in the bank? So again, easy math. Let's say a company spends a million dollars a month and they make $500,000 in revenue. So they burn 500K a month in, in, in spend. How much money do you have? Company has $50 million in the bank. Great. Go work for that company. That company is great. Company's got $10 million in the bank. Do not work for that company because that company is screwed. And by the way, most companies have 10, not 50 in that example. But, but that's why you need to be choosy around who you work for. Um, and so, so that's the first thing. And in the future, don't forget this lesson. I think that's the other thing. Everybody spent a lot of energy being like, well, what percentage of your reps hit quota? And, you know, recruiter pings you and says, we hit 375% of quota and we're hiring like crazy and you're going to make 500K OTE. And then like a bunch of lemmings, we just like jump after those jobs without actually thinking, well, is that sustainable? How many reps did you do that with? Are you going to do that at scale? How, how is my territory going to change over time? What is the TAM of the business? Look? These are hard questions to answer. I'm not expecting everyone to be a VC or a, or a, or a, or an investment banker or a hedge fund manager to be able to understand this. 
This is why we at Bravado do it for you. We have our own jobs product where you know myself and our finance team actually vets every single company and we only let employers in that have sustainable, scalable business models with high product market fit and whatnot. Um, you know, kind of a, a new age like reverse agency, you know, where instead of vetting candidates, we vet companies. And so we 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 kind of solve for this problem, but but you can solve for it yourself. You don't need us, you can do it yourself. Just figure out those three numbers. How much do they spend? How much do they make? How much money they got in the bank? And you'll at least get a good sense of where they're at. Now, let's come to the other example, the, the main question you asked, which is, what do I do right now if I don't have a job? Let me just be super real with you. The number of companies that are actively hiring for sales roles right now uh, has shrank in a way that most people don't understand. There's a lot of companies I know that have open sales roles on LinkedIn or on job boards and stuff that are privately telling me that they're not hiring. But they're still... This is the thing that pisses me off and I'm sure it'll piss you off. They're still having conversations. They're still interviewing people. Why are they doing that? Because they're like, well, look, you know, if things turn around, we want to have the option to hire quickly. But, but so we're going to string people along. We're going to just say, no, not right now, you know, bunch of bullshit. You know, you start to see that there's a lot of bad actors in this space. And then, you know, I think, I think there's uh, another really important question to ask, which is, um, you know, what would be my start date? First conversation, first, you know, are you actually hiring right now or is this just a preemptive conversation? No, you are hiring right now. Great. Let's say that the process goes well and in two or three weeks you give me an offer. What would my start date look like? You know, ask specific questions. Um, it's hard. It, you're, you're, some people lie to you. Some people will say bullshit. But but a lot of people won't be able to keep lying to you with very specific answers. So if you get really specific on things like that, you'll get some of the people like, oh, well, you know, it might be August or September, and that, and then you know that they're just waiting because most people are waiting till September. I think that's a good proxy. Like this summer is a bloodbath. Like if you lost your job this summer, trying to find a new job right now is going to be really hard. So what should you do instead? Not bitter, but better, as my man Katie likes to say. Uh, what you do right here, right now is where you level up. This is where you work on yourself. Now, some people don't have that luxury, right? I want to be really clear. I know there's people who do not have two to three months worth of cushion that they can afford to just not do a job search for two to three months and focus on trading and stuff. And I get that. And I'm not here to, you know, sit in my, uh, you know, oh, let them eat cake kind of bullshit, right? I get that. I get that there's like some realities. You and I have talked about this before. We both came from hard places at times and didn't come from a lot. And like you and I both know the realities of that. But let's talk about for those of us who are luxurious enough to have been in sales for a while and maybe did a little bit of a decent job of saving such so that we do have three months of cushion, I wouldn't waste my time trying to find a job right now. Here's what I would do instead. I would spend my time building my network with the types of companies that I'd want to work for in three months, with the types of leaders I want to sell for in three months. I would work on figuring out, you know what? I was really not that... I, you know, I was good at selling, but I didn't really understand the technology at my last job. You know, I wasn't really like I like I was good at bullshitting it, but I didn't really get it. Maybe I should really learn it. You know, if you sell Google AdWords, you know, maybe I should get AdWords certified. Maybe you sell some sort of a security software. You know what? Maybe I should like take a security course. Like now is a great time to invest in yourself, such so that because the market will turn, just as sure as it's frozen today, it will be back up to being hot tomorrow. That's the way the world works. Gotta grow. Either you grow or you die, right? So right now everyone's in pause for a couple months. That shit's gonna end. People are gonna start growing. As soon as they do, you want to stand out in the crowd. You want to get certified. You want to do training. You want to you want to build your network. You want to start having conversations. You want to get yourself ready. Because as soon as things thaw, 
you want to be the first call. You want to be on top of that list so that you're the first one off the pile and back onto the team.